You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Therapy for Your Money podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with us, and we are talking about contingency planning for your business. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and so I'm chatting with Mary Beth Simone. Hi, Mary Beth. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Hi, Julie. So great to see you again. Yes. Good to, good to hang out. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, I founded Niche Partnership Consulting in 2019 after I retired from over 30 years in corporate um, in corporate financial services. And, uh, so in my business, I primarily work with professionals and business owners to guide them through creating their contingency plan. And that, uh, was developed out of a personal experience with a friend of mine who was not prepared, um, for a life-threatening and life-ending diagnosis. Uh, and so I developed a process, uh, to help her husband. And I have expanded that to work for business owners now. Such a cool and needed um, area. Cause I'm sure contingency planning brings up a lot of scary feelings for people, it, right? Like it's it, not exactly a fun topic. No, it does. And especially, you know, when I do talk about how it originated from my friend passing away, um, so it it can be something that is hard for people to approach, but since, so I opened the business before the pandemic, since the pandemic, uh, especially with uh, therapists and group practice owners, you know, they were really uh, inundated with work and may continue to be inundated with work. They took on a lot of the, um, a lot of the pivoting that had to be done you know, in the business uh, during the pandemic to go virtual. And after the pandemic, they just really need some good vacation time and downtime. And one way to get that is to have your contingency plan in place. So that's a much more accessible way yes. to approach your contingency plan to think like, oh, it's going to help me take maternity leave or take more time off uh, that I need um, and, and so that's a much easier way to approach it. I like your approach that it, it's not just, well, if you were to die, right, which is not exactly a fun thing to think about, although sometimes it is necessary to think about, but where, where you're making it accessible in like, what if you want to take a one-week vacation and not bring your laptop, right? For a lot of business owners, that feels inaccessible to be just completely unplugged and it is so needed and restorative after the couple of years that most practice owners have had. Yeah. Yeah. It, it so is. So at least this is a process where people can step through the, um, the work that needs to be done to create the contingency plan. They'll be able to 
have their team, if they have a team, be more prepared for them to step away from the business, to have more quality time off. And in the process, they'll also be preparing their business for maybe a potential sale later Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, for others to come in and to assist at a time when the business owner is ill or needs to step away for other reasons. Yeah. So what are some of the things that hold people back when planning for the unexpected? Yeah. And so I think one of the big things is when it comes to contingency planning, we can't just Google it and say, you know, and ask, what do we need in our contingency plan? Most resources will say something like, gather your important documents together. And that is so broad. And it is, it's really one inventory of information for your personal life, one inventory for your business. Um, So it's hard to know what the steps are without being guided through the process. That's one thing. Second thing. Documents is pretty broad. Like it's, it's a pretty, it could be a lot of different things, right? Right. And so it's completely left up to interpretation, right? And it can depend on what your profession is. I mean, there are just so many variables. And another thing is like we were saying before, it can bring up emotional, you know, feelings about why am I doing this? And, you know, especially, Uh, the younger you are, when you have kids and, you know, like thinking of like, what does this mean? Why am I preparing? And sometimes going through the process, somebody like me, I might ask questions like that, you know, like, are, are you prepared for childcare and all of that kind of thing, you know, so it can be challenging. And then the third part is just the complexity and maybe a feeling of overwhelm of like, oh, it's so big. It's so much. How long is it going to take? I don't know if I can get through it, you know, with my schedule or whatever that may be. So I have a a slightly personal story to share. Um, I have been doing a lot of this work this year in part because my team has gotten a lot bigger, but also um, I realized like, Hey, you know, as a family, we have not looked at some of these things for 10 years now. Our kids were, well, actually one of our kids was not born the last time we had done our will. So we have been working on it. Um, you know, we have been working on it this year and I currently have an email in my inbox from the attorney saying, Hey, it's time to come in and schedule this meeting to finally sign everything. Like I'm just dragging it on because it's just not a fun it's not a fun process. Every time we have these discussions, it brings up a lot of things like who would take the kids? What would happen? This would be yes. horrible. Um, and so even though I'm very prepared and very organized in general, I have dragged this on a little bit. Yeah. And it can be one of those things where you might you know, feel more comfortable having that conversation with a client, but when the tables are turned and yes. having that conversation <laughs> with you, you're like, ah, uh, you know, it yeah. can be intense. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my little, my little personal tidbit. Um, okay. So why do, why do business owners need a contingency plan like on the business side? Yeah. So um, one of the most important reasons that a business owner needs a contingency plan is if you have any dreams or goals that the business will go on beyond 
your involvement in the business. Um, so if something were to happen before to you before you have an opportunity to sell the business, is your goal that that business will be there to provide for your family, that it could be an asset um, or you know even a sellable asset? The key is that you want to have a process in place that your second-in-command, who may be your partner, your spouse, it may be another business owner, would be prepared to come in and take the next steps that you desire to be taken, that you have outlined, that you wish to be taken, and they would have a roadmap to follow uh, to execute that. When you leave it up to chance, you, you have no idea what will happen. Uh, so that asset may not be there for your family. And I, I would bet the options available also differ pretty significantly depending on the size of the business as well, right? It might be very different for a solo practice owner. What's the contingency versus a group practice with 30 or 40 people? Can you speak to that, to, to, to kind of that range a little bit? Yeah, that's, that's exactly true. So with a solo practice, I mean, there might be an idea of, especially so with therapists, anyone who is seeing clients, who is working with clients individually, they should have a professional will that outlines who would be the person who would be authorized to speak to their clients in the event of their death. So in a solo practice, that's super important. And that person may be the person who would be who would be able to transition the clients into their practice, who's licensed, who has a practice. When it comes to a group practice owner, a lot of the group practice owners who I have worked with either have a minimal amount, like a handful of clients maybe, or less than five clients who they still mm -hmm. work with because they're you know, at a different level overseeing the practice, uh, or they may no longer do uh, work with individual clients. So in that case, there may be someone in the practice who might be, they have their, uh, that the owner may have their eye on, you know, to say, if something happens to me, would you be interested in buying it? So there might be this triage process that the group practice owner could outline uh, that they would recommend for how to wind down the business or transition the business. Uh, but I guess that does take some consideration ahead of time. Like, what do you want as a business owner? That has has to be one of the really hard parts of this process, right? That's right. And, you know, for some of the larger group practices, I mean, they are very large businesses. They are, you know, quite profitable. They have a lot of revenue a year. So it's a, it's a big deal. It's an important conversation to have. And it's important for the business owner to create a vision of what that would look like. And so what are some of the, the things that would be in a contingency plan then? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, there's a personal contingency plan and then there's a business contingency plan. So for our purposes, I'll just focus on the business contingency plan. Um, and some of the information that's in there is all of, um, you know, a statement for each of your bank accounts, a statement for each of your credit cards. And then we write a narrative for how the owner runs 
the bank accounts and the credit cards. So when you think of things like profit first and yes. all of the transfers, right, that are happening, those are things that are included in the narrative because that may be something that is difficult for someone stepping into the business to understand automatically, right? It would be so much easier for them to have it written out about when the transfers happen, how payroll is paid, um, you know, what is the flow of money through the business. It's also important to have that there so that the money can keep flowing through the business so that people understand where money needs to be in order to keep the business operating. Um, yeah, so bank accounts, credit cards uh, for therapists uh, and group practice owners, business associate agreements, uh, an inventory of that. And that usually when we create that one page inventory that the conversation often goes somewhat like, oh, well, they're all filed in XYZ place. And then the business owner goes to look for them. No, they're not all there. So then there's some missing and then getting them everything organized. So there can be this process of, yeah, we're putting together the contingency plan, but then there's homework to do uh, to get things better organized in the business. Um, and then uh, incorporation documents, licenses, uh, certifications, um, anything related to real estate, rental properties, any uh, investments that might be related to the business, an inventory of memberships, subscriptions, uh, IT devices associated with the practice. That could be a lot of things. Um, where do passwords fall in this in this list, or do they fall there at, at all? Or like getting into, I'm thinking of getting into payroll or EHR, like all the little things that you just know as an owner, but maybe no one else knows. So that is an excellent question. So passwords are a big part of each type of contingency plan, whether it is personal or business. And I often encourage business owners to use an automated password manager or something like LastPass. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so many of them do, and at least when we start working together, either they are using it personally and deciding to bring it into their business, but that is a very important part of it, uh, is setting up, you know, a business account in something like LastPass, setting up your teams so that you have certain passwords walled off from, you know, for certain groups in the business. It's essential. Uh, that everyone in the business is using some type of a password manager. Um, I, I can only, I, yeah, I can only imagine as, I, as we go down this road, I'm starting to think of all the different things. And then if there's only one admin and no one else can get in, like, I think that would be a problem too. So that, like having some backups and yes, uh, that's exactly of- right. So that's, you know, like, so for creating the business contingency plan, that's all around, that's kind of an indication of some of the documents that go into the uh, business contingency plan. And then it's customized for each business owner. And then after that gets completed, then typically we'll work on the next and final phase, which is a business continuance playbook. And that includes identifying the owner's roles and responsibilities for daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, 
uh, outlining all of those and then identifying which ones require standard operating procedures to be documented. And for most business owners, their SOPs are not documented. What? <laughs> yes. So for their team, they're documented, but not for the yeah, business owner. Not for it. No, you're told. Okay. I feel very seen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably very true. Oh, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of little things that you just do on autopilot. That's right. And so, and we're always as business owners, I think that we have to be optimistic. That's part of what gets us into the role that we're in. Uh, and so we, we think that we're always going to be here and we're always, we're always going to be able to answer a question for somebody or give them guidance or tell them, you know, what our last pass master password is, or, you know, in an emergency. And that may not be true. And hopefully, hopefully it's true, but that, yeah, that may or may not be reality. Um, I feel like the, the work that you do is kind of adjacent to, um, Clockwork, which is a book by Mike McAllowitz, yes. where you're kind of getting, working yourself out of a job in some ways, right? Like he talks about the four week vacation where sometimes the four, sometimes it's one week, sometimes it's four weeks. And sometimes it's not actually a vacation. It's you are sick. Or, you know, I talk about this in, in my book, Profit First for Therapists, but like I stepped away for a month to care for my dying mother. And like, yes. those are things where you just never quite know when that's going to happen, but to not be, uh, linchpin in all the systems is so, so helpful. Like if something like that, uh, unfortunately happens. That's a perfect example. And, and that is the bottom line. We, it's important for us to prepare before we need to be prepared to put that plan in place, because we don't know, we can't predict when we're going to need to implement it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, okay. For a listener who's, who, who's listening in and thinking like, oh, it sounds like a lot, this sounds overwhelming. Like there are probably, are there degrees of contingency planning? Are there like the baby first step and the next step? And, and so are there levels, I guess? Yeah. So when I work with people, I, I encourage people to first create their personal contingency plan. And believe it or not, the personal contingency plan can be harder than the business. Also. Uh, because our important documents related to our personal life tend to be scattered mm. all over the place. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people are like, where did, where is my passport? Where are my birth certificates? All of that kind of thing. So the gathering part related to personal contingency plan can be a little more challenging. But I, I encourage people to start there because that's where our estate plan is, is rooted in our personal life. And it may encompass, you know, a professional will, it may encompass our business and a succession plan. Um, but at a minimum, you know, we address ourselves as just first as a human and create your personal contingency plan. And then after that, uh, the business contingency plan. And then after that, the business continuance playbook. Um, and it takes about four weeks for each one. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you run it like a project. Um, I mean, I would, when I work with people, we do 90 minute sessions a week, and then I guide them to block out uh, 
you know, one to three hours a week for homework. In the beginning, there's more homework. And then as we progress through, there's typically less. Okay. I was um, on your website earlier today and where someone mentioned like, oh, just the the savings in life insurance covered my investment. And so that was, that was so interesting to me of like, oh, you probably, that does make sense that you would review life insurance needs of the, the household of the business, like all those different pieces. So can you, can you say more on that? Yeah. So that, that is so true. So um, when we go through the process there, it is not uncommon for people to find money during the process. Um, I had one client who found savings bonds in their safe that they had had not opened their safe in, you know, decades, found savings bonds that they ended up taking a trip to Alaska uh, after they Amazing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But at a minimum, you know, we review things like everything that's running through your bank accounts. So your memberships and your subscriptions, we talk about your, um, your insurance policies for your home, your vehicles, um, your umbrella insurance, all of that kind of stuff. So it is not uncommon for people to revisit that kind of stuff or to maybe uh, consolidate insurance policies, look for something new and get, you know, even a better policy. So another example is... um, Disability insurance. A lot of the business owners that I work with do not have disability insurance. Uh, So implementing that and then being able to use that for maternity leave has been like a huge win for people. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a a really good point. Yeah. It's interesting to me how getting your money in order tends to attract more money into your life. And that's exactly what you're describing. So you're getting things in your affairs in order and taking care of business and you just, money just poof appears somehow and uh, comes back to you. It's so true. And I think going through this process helps, it does help business owners to like, they achieve a sense of calm that they didn't know was possible. And they relieve a level of stress that they didn't realize was bothering them Mm. in the background so much. Uh, And they tend to take off and like take their business to another level, maybe, you know, open a practice in a new location, maybe expand, maybe make new offers. Uh, So it's fascinating to watch the evolution. Yeah. So I guess that's a good segue into my next question, which is, um, is it possible for contingency planning to change the way people think? It completely changes the way that people think. So once once people get through that that murky beginning phase Mm. where it is kind of uncomfortable and they might be needing to have some uncomfortable conversations on their end too. And they start to uh, get some traction with creating their contingency plan. It just seems to open up uh, the world for them, you know, and they do all different kinds of new things in their business uh, quite often. Yeah. That, that, that's so interesting. Um, all right. I want, I have one last question for you today. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite business book and why? So what, 
a business book that I've been spending a lot of time with this year is called Business Model Generation, and it's part of the Strategizer series. And I have used it with clients who are trying to figure out a new offer in their business uh, or to create a strategic plan in their business and really to define, you know, who their ideal clients are and what their office offers are and what their money makers are. So that is my favorite one for right now. Very good. And uh, so you, is it your favorite because you use it with a lot of your clients? I have used it with a lot of my clients this year. So it's just, I've had so much fun working with it. Very good. Uh, well, Mary Beth, this has been such an interesting conversation. Uh, thank you for coming on Therapy for Your Money. Uh, I understand you have a freebie for our listeners. I do. So I created a course to guide business owners through how to uh, quickly and efficiently document their business owner standard operating procedures. So I'd like to share that uh, with your audience. Where can we find it? Yeah. So that um, if they go to uh, nichepartnershipconsulting.net slash Julie, then they'll get access to the course and then we'll be connected. Perfect. All right. We will link that in the show notes as well. Uh, thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.